Thank you for being with me today, and I pray the Lord will again use this wonderful time to bless you and strengthen you. And I pray that the word of God today will be a blessing to you. As I show you scriptures in the Old Testament, in Isaiah, that speak of Jesus so beautifully and so powerfully. You know, I've been talking to you as my wonderful family about the importance of knowing the Bible in depth, of being grounded in scripture, because we will not survive the coming days without being grounded in the word of God and knowing the Lord through his word, through his word. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. To you belongs the glory, all the honor, all the praise. Bless your people, Lord, today. Through your blessed word, I pray, strengthen them, establish them. Meet every need in their life and their hearts. In your blessed name, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your love and grace and goodness to all of us. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. And I cry and you cry, Come, Lord Jesus. Oh, how we want to see his precious, wonderful face. All right, let's go to Isaiah. And there's so many, so many wonderful prophecies in Isaiah that speak of the Lord, like Isaiah 2, Isaiah 4, Isaiah 6, so many. But I'm going to focus today just on a few of them. There are 332 prophecies in the Old Testament that talk about the first coming of Jesus to earth. There's hundreds more about the second coming. But I'm going to just show you a few of those that deal with his first coming, and maybe even some about the second coming. But let's go to Isaiah 7, beginning at verse 14. So the Lord is talking here to King Ahaz of Judah, Judea. And he says, uh, ask for a sign. And uh, the king says, well, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to ask a sign of the Lord. And then the Lord said in verse 14, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Now he was fighting with the king of Israel and Syria. And he was asking for a sign. Will the Lord help him? Or he was asking, will the Lord help him? And the Lord said, well, I'll give him, I'll give him a sign. Let him ask for a sign. And King Ahaz said no. He didn't feel like he was, I guess, he wanted to do that or wasn't sure if he should. So the Lord says, I will give you a sign. And here's what it says. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign, verse 14, Isaiah 7. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Butter and honey shall he eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that thou abhorrest, meaning northern, the north part of Israel and Syria, shall be forsaken of both her kings, meaning Israel and Syria will be taken as captives into Assyria. But what a blessed prophecy here we have in verse 14, fulfilled so beautifully in Matthew chapter 1. I just want to show you how, how amazing the Bible is and how knowing it will strengthen your life and knowing the Old Testament and putting Old and New together is just so remarkable. 
So Isaiah 7:14 through 16 is fulfilled in Matthew 1 verse 18 through 23. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together she she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph her husband being a just man and not willing to make her a public example was minded to put her away privately or privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, meaning Isaiah saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Hallelujah. So here's one. There's another one I want to show you, and that's from Isaiah chapter 9. So let's go to Isaiah 9 and verse uh, 1, verse, uh, sorry, 6. There's also others, there's verse 1 through 4, but I'm just giving you some that I really think would really uh, bless your life. So Isaiah 9, verse 6 and on says this, and I love this portion. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government, and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David, upon his kingdom, to, or, to order it and to establish it with judgment, with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. You know, when people ask sometimes, well, is Jesus God or the Son of God? I just saw something a few days ago. Well, how can Jesus be God if he's praying to God? You know... To me, that's a very foolish question because the Bible is clear that when he became a man, he was fully man. He was as much man as though he was not God when he walked the earth, and as much God as though he was not man when he walked the earth. So because he disrobed himself of his godly form, so he he was fully man, yet God Almighty in the flesh. As Isaiah said, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. That this child is Mighty God. This son is Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So when people talk about, is he the son of God or is he God? I think, what Bible do they read? So let's go back now to what I wanted to read earlier. And that is... uh, Isaiah 9, verse 1 through 4. Now, it's talking in in Isaiah 8 and so on about the Assyrian occupation, the Assyrian time when the king of Assyria came and took Israel into captivity. So it talks about a time of darkness and so on that will, will come to Israel at that time when they were taken into Assyria. But then look what it says in chapter 9, verse 1. Through verse 4, nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation. 
meaning the darkness will not be as it was in her time when she was taken into captivity, meaning Israel, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, that's up north, that's where Israel was, northern kingdom, and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea, meaning the Sea of Galilee, beyond Jordan in Galilee of the nations. And now it says the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, meaning the land of the shadow of death, that talks about the time when the Assyrians came and killed many Israelites in the north. Upon them had the light shined. That's incredible. So you have multiplied the nation now, verse 3, You've not, and you've increased the joy. You've increased the joy because the word not here is not in the Hebrew. It says you've greatly increased the joy. The joy before the, according to the joy in harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. So the joy will come back to Galilee, and that's what happened when the Lord came and healed the sick. So here you, you see this amazing prophecy, Isaiah 9, verse 1 through 4. And then, well, let me just finish verse 4. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian, meaning that the power of Satan was broken as Jesus healed the sick, according to the book of Acts 2. He came to heal all those oppressed of the devil. So now if you go to Matthew, let's go to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4 now. And you read verse 13 through 16. It says, And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast in the border of Zebulun and Naphtali. We just read it in Isaiah. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw a great light, meaning the Lord, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. So here you see the prophecy of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 1 to 6, fulfilled, uh, verse 1 to 4, fulfilled so beautifully in Matthew. And now let's go to some other amazing portions of the word of God here that I know you'll enjoy. Let's look at Isaiah 25. Oh, I, such times I just want to shout, I tell you. Isaiah 25, verse 7 and verse 8. And he will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast over all the people and the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death in victory. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces. And the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off all the earth. For the Lord hath spoken it. And that is so beautifully fulfilled in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 51 through, well, we just read verse 51 and go on. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. 
but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. We shall be changed, for this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying which I just read from Isaiah. It is written, death is swallowed up in victory. And there it is in Isaiah 25. Let's go back to it. I think we need to see it one more time. It's very powerful. So Paul says, here will come, here is the fulfillment of what Isaiah said. He didn't say Isaiah. What is written, he will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast over all the people. That's the demonic. He will swallow up death in victory. Verse 8. Fulfilled in 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 51 through 57. I think this is incredible. When you read these scriptures and put them together, it really empowers you. It strengthens you. It establishes you more and more and more in the word. You know, I've been praying now for a long time. Lord, establish me in your word and establish your word in me. I want to be established in the word and I want the word to be established in me. And the only way that this has happened is when I I see the old and the new and I put them together. It's like pow, like such power. Because you see it so clearly. Paul saying, as it is written, he will swallow up death in victory. And he explains it in 1 Corinthians 15. Then you go back to Isaiah 25, and there it is. Or here's another one. Let's look at something also beautiful. Isaiah 26. You know, this is one of the most remarkable portions of Scripture about not only what happened in the past, but what will happen again in the future. Verse 19, Isaiah 26. Thy dead men shall live together with my dead body shall they arise. When did that happen? In Matthew 27. When the dead who had died before the cross, who went to paradise, the saints of the Old Testament, rose from the dead, it says, when the Lord rose from the dead, they rose right after him from the dead. That's Matthew 27, 50 through 53. But look at it in Isaiah. Thy dead men shall live together with my dead body, shall they arise. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in dust. For thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. When did they arise? With him. With the Lord, I mean. Well, let's go to Matthew. Let's look at verse 27. And let's look at verse 50. You see how you, when you put them together, it's just so powerful. So here it is very clearly in Isaiah uh, and in Matthew. So let's just, let me just read beginning at verse 51. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain. This is when the Lord cried with a loud voice and yielded up the ghost. And it says, and the earth did quake and the rocks rent and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints 
which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. So here you see in Matthew that many of the saints who were asleep arose from the dead after his resurrection, fulfilling Isaiah 26, 19. But let's also go back to Isaiah. There's, there's more in there about the rapture that I want to show you. So, and let's go now to verse 20. It says, come my people. Now, after it says, this amazing event that took place already in the, in the past. Now it says, come my people, enter into your chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself as it were for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. So here's God's people coming into a place of hiding. But from what? From the indignation, from the judgment. That is the rapture when we will be taken to be with the Lord and judgment called the great, the great tribulation will fall on the earth. For And it explains that for behold, the Lord comes out of his place to punish who? The inhabitants of the earth, not the saints, for their iniquity. And so great will the judgment be, there will not be enough graves to bury the dead, because it says, the earth also will disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. Amazing. Let's quickly go, before I say goodbye, to Isaiah 42. And here is another incredible prophecy, beginning at verse 1. Behold my servant whom I uphold my elect, in whom my soul delights. I put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He will not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard. And that word lift up means raise his voice. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment or justice unto truth. He will not fail nor be, nor be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth and the owls shall wait for his law. And that we saw when the Lord came to earth. And that was fulfilled. And then the next part will be fulfilled in verse 4 in the millennium. Amazing, amazing word of God here. Just so many precious scriptures. And um, let me just share one more with you, even, even though I shared a little bit of that yesterday. But I want to show you Isaiah 52. What a powerful portion. I showed you Isaiah 56 and 7 yesterday. But let me show you verse uh, Isaiah 52, verse 14, and so on. It says, well, let's, let's go back to verse 13. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. As many were astonished at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man, his form more than the sons of man, so shall he sprinkle many nations. That was so described with such power in the Gospel of Matthew when the Lord was mocked, spit upon, beaten, Placed, they placed a crown of thorns upon his head 
and the soldiers whipped him in such a way he, he was no longer recognizable as a human being. And Isaiah says it here that his, his face was marred more than any man, more than the sons of men, and his form more than any human being. And that, we see it in the gospel so beautifully. And I'm sure you've read Isaiah 53. We all have. But how amazing this, this, this part of, 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 of Isaiah is. Despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastised for our peace. With his stripes we are healed. Dear God, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Surely this cannot be talking about Isaiah himself or anyone else but the Lord. 2,500 prophecies in the Bible. 2,000 have been fulfilled in detail. I've only shared very few with you yesterday and today about the Lord when he came to earth, about his sufferings, his resurrection, his exaltation, and his love. So many more in the Bible that I pray God will show you as you yourself search for them. I think this was only a taste of it today. And you can do that so easily yourself. I've been asked many times by individuals, what's the secret to longevity in the Christian faith? I've said it and I'll say it again. Build a reservoir of the word of God in your heart so when the troubles come, you'll know where to go. That the word of God will be in you, establishing you, quickening you. And God will use you in a wonderful way, my dear brother, my precious sister, to be a strength to so many who will need it. We're coming into very dark days. What's happening today in my part of the world is just the beginning of Ezekiel 38. As you listen to the news today, as you see what's going on, as you see what is being said by world leaders about the situation with Gaza, and you see prophecy coming together so powerfully there is a new alignment of nations today against Israel. And the only reason is because that will fulfill Ezekiel 38. We are seeing the beginning of Ezekiel 38. And I believe we're going to see, because people have asked me, what, what do you think is going to happen? Well, I think within the next five years, maybe a little longer, maybe less, we will see this war take place mentioned in Ezekiel 38 and after that the world will be looking for a man of peace and the Antichrist will show up 
and he will be exalted for bringing peace by the world. And he will promise Israel protection, but it will not last. It will be a lie. Well, it says they'll make a covenant with hell. Then he'll break his agreement with the Jewish people and invade Israel. And the Jewish people will flee to Selah, present-day Jordan, written in Isaiah 16. And that's when the Lord will come to his people. And restoration will happen between Israel and the Messiah, and the Messiah and Israel. And we're approaching those days. We're not far from those days, sweet people of God. So we're, we've seen trouble before, yeah, but I think this event, this thing that just happened in Israel and with Gaza and that entire part of the world is the trigger. It's the trigger that will bring about Ezekiel 38. Yes, I do believe there will be peace for a short season between the Saudis and Israel and the Arab world and Israel. There'll come some calm before that war hits. I mean, some calm. So we're going to go from this problem now to a time of calmness, not long, short uh, season. And then the Ezekiel 38 war will happen after that. Because it says very clearly in Ezekiel that uh, Sheba and Didan, which is Saudi Arabia, will say to those powers coming against Israel, Iran and Russia and Turkey, why are you doing this? Meaning that they were ally with Israel at the time. They will align themselves with Israel then. But we're going to also see right after that, that, that war hit. So we're going to go from this to a very short season of calmness and peace to the war. And from the war to the coming of Antichrist, from Antichrist to Israel fleeing into Jordan. But the rapture will happen right before Antichrist is revealed, is revealed. Who is he? The rapture will happen. So we're really very close to, to the rapture of the, of the church. And I think this is why uh, I, I think this is the time to really know the Bible better than maybe you've ever known it in your life. This is the time to really get into the word in a, in a, in a very serious way. And let the word of God begin to really influence and impact your life and change your life from the inside out and renew your mind, you know. So this is the time to really do it. I think our time is running out. So if you have not known the Bible, I think it's time right now you really get to know it. So Lord, give that hunger, put that deep hunger in them. In Jesus' name, Lord, give them that divine desire to be established in your word. And now, Lord, I pray, establish us all in your word. Establish your word in us. Sow our life in your word. And sow your word in our life. That we may become one and united with you, Lord. With you. Through your word. Let your word shine. For it is light. It is our light in this life. We give you all the praise. As you shine upon our path with your word. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Before I let you go, I'm going to ask you to give to the Lord's work. 
I'm on my way to Africa the next few days, and then we come back. I go back to Africa again for a big event in Kenya, and then Uganda shortly thereafter, and Ghana. So there's a lot of things coming up now, a lot of things coming up. So I'm gonna ask you to give to the Lord's work, and let's believe him for great things. I just come back from Europe, so I'm traveling more than I thought I would be, because the invitations, you know, how often can you say no? I've said no to so many, and then I just felt, no, I really need to go for as long as I can do it physically, I mean. But I'm really enjoying being here and helping my children, Michael and Jessica, with their ministry at Jesus' image. But uh, it's been exciting to see what God is doing, I'll tell you. But let's give. Let's believe God today. Let's believe God today for financial blessings tomorrow. Let's trust him as we give financially. Because every time we give, we say, Lord, I trust your word. I trust your promises. And he, and he protects us and gives us the harvest. Because God is God Almighty. He's not, he's not a man that he should lie to us. He is God Almighty. His word is true. It is yes and amen forever. You can trust the Lord. And every time you give, you say, Lord, I trust you. Hallelujah. Let's do it now. You can sow your seed now on the platform you are watching me on. You can go to our website, benihin.org, which is the simplest, or text BHM45777. Well, let's do it now. Lord, bless them as they obey you. Meet every need, their financial needs. Bless, Lord, your people financially in Jesus' name. No lack in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'll see you tomorrow for another wonderful day. Bye-bye. Benny Hen Ministries has stayed on the cutting edge for the past five decades. The Lord made it clear that keeping and storing all archives and resources should be a top priority. Thus far, we've rescued and digitized 10,500 of the 13,437 tapes from the past half century. Pastor Benny's legacy, life's work, calling, and anointing will be preserved for generations yet to come. Nearly 50 years ago, this great adventure known as Benny Hen Ministries began with one voice. Today, that one voice continues to be amplified over and over through every possible means. What happens next will be the greatest blessing of all. Isn't it wonderful what the Lord has done? And to Jesus be all the glory. I wanted to show you this beautiful report about the digitizing of thousands and thousands of hours already of the great meetings from the past. Because we want to keep them for our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. So we need your help still. So thank you, thank you. I just wanted to show you that your money is doing the job. What you gave in the past is really making it happen. But let's keep doing it for the Lord, please. This is for His glory. Because now it can go to every nation on earth, in every language on earth, because of your help. All right. You can give right now on the platform. You're watching me on. You can go to our website, benihim.org, or you can simply text BHM45777. So thank you for loving. Thank you for giving. And let's keep glorifying our wonderful Savior. Much love to you. Thanks again.